Hello, listeners. This is Lisa DeLay, and you are listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School, Lesson 123. Songs of Deliverance. Some of what I talk about today is directly taken from the themes of Psalm 32 and from the sermon given by Stuart MacDonald at the Bethesda EC Church at Reedsville in Pennsylvania, where I'm from and where I attend most Sundays. This psalm is attributed to David and seems to draw from the story of Bathsheba and and the sins that he committed with Bathsheba, the rape of her, the murder, the cover-up. And he was confronted by the prophet Nathan and shown of his errors, of his sins. And then he was contrite and repented of that, wrote some psalms that are attributed to him. And in Psalm 32, we see poetry, really, it's song, something about deliverance, something about contrition, something about humility, and how we can come back to a restoration of our souls. And what I wanted to talk about is something that we sometimes have trouble with, which is talking about sin and what do we mean by sin. Some of you might know that sin is transliterated to the word hamaratano. I might have said that wrong, (laughs) but that's the transliteration that refers to an archery term about an archer missing the target, missing the mark, and being disqualified. And this refers to making an error, making a mistake, missing the mark of accuracy. This can imply a moral failure, of course, a bad choice that's a moral failure, which can weigh very heavily on us. It can also refer to falling short, making a mistake, being imperfect. And that's why Everybody counts as a sinner. Every human being counts as a sinner. You're not going to be able to go through a day without seeing unclearly, without making a mistake, without choosing selfishly and picking yourself before someone else. There won't be a day that goes by where you don't sin, at least in your mind, in some way. I suppose I should speak for myself. There might be a day that goes by that you don't sin. I don't think there will be a day that goes by where I don't. And, of course, we can feel a burden for that in our lives, or we can just admit that that's actually how it is. And there is a deliverance of that burden that's possible for us. There's a song of deliverance that's possible, and there's a restoration of the soul that's possible. But when we don't want to admit that that's how we actually are, then we have a humility problem. And a humility problem will lead to a great burden and great oversights in our life. This kind, these kinds of oversights lead to abuses of power. They lead to all kinds of violence, all kinds of oppression, all kinds of stunted growth. And we need to root out all the things that don't facilitate humility and don't facilitate our understanding that we are, of course, sinners. Walter Hilton, an English medieval mystic, said, For what is humility but truth? It is indeed nothing else. And I would say humility is to see the truth and to see very clearly. 
And when we see the truth, and we see very clearly, of course we see the reality of sin missing the mark in our lives. And when we see very clearly, we might be confronted with these opportunities to see very clearly by when we screw up and we realize it and we have to make an admission. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I said that thing. I did that thing. I thought that thing. And here I am confronted with my shortcomings, with my sin, with my error. Whether it's a moral failure, a moral error, or a mistake, misjudgment, or whatever it is, we will screw up and we will be confronted with our humanity. And we will have an opportunity to embrace humility, which is to embrace ourselves as we really are. And so anytime you get caught in something that is the truth, get caught with something where you have failed, think of it as a growth opportunity to embrace who you really are and to come to grips with reality. As you own up and confess or admit, you have a chance to give up the show or give up the story you've been clinging to about yourself that isn't true. And in Psalm 32, it speaks of songs of deliverance offered up that strengthen a community. One thing we have to know about ourselves is that songs of deliverance are not offered up individually. We don't become the people we're supposed to be, and we don't become truly human and truly humbled and truly understanding how we are as sinners and how we can grow, unless it's done in a way that is not individualistic, in a way that involves other people living with other people, experiencing life with other people. And applications for this to apply within community settings and communal circumstances of some kind. In Psalm 32, it talks about asking God to not make us senseless like a horse or a mule that needs a bit or a bridle. That if we have understanding about who we really are, we have freedom. We have freedom to choose properly and not to sin. But if we are senseless, we're like animals, like a horse that needs a bit or a mule that needs a bridle to be dragged along or have a tool used in its mouth to control it and to tell it where to go by force. And it's interesting that if we're senseless, if we don't have understanding, if we don't know who we are, we lose our humanity and we lose our freedoms. Without training that leads to understanding and a true change of mind and heart and actions, we only have the bit and the bridle used as implements of coercion that are leveled at us to keep us going in the right way, in the right direction. These are ways of oppression, not true freedom. These are ways that get imposed on us sometimes as rules, maybe from our parents or maybe from our religious community, and they're forced on us maybe by social pressures or through threats of disciplinary action or maybe losing a job or losing clout, and they're kind of a bit or a bridle to keep us in line. And when that is the only thing that's working there to keep us from sinning or missing the mark or having errors or misjudgments, we actually become senseless. We're operating from a senseless place, not a disciplined and trained place where we have freedom to choose and freedom to delight in God and God's ways and to grow closer in intimacy with God. We're just pulled around by the bit and the bridle. And as we're pulled around by bit and bridle, we're senseless in the sense that we don't have any clear vision of who we really are, of our humanity, of our humanity 
that must be linked with humility, which is to see clearly. Often, the word humiliated has this deeply shame-infested connotation. I was humiliated, the kind of worst thing that could ever happen to you. Especially, it's usually infused with shame that has us thinking about our worst moments, that horrible taste in our mouth, that sweaty sense that we get when everything's gone wrong. But a humiliation taken as wise counsel, taken as an opportunity to learn, doesn't have to be tagged and tied up with all kinds of shame. It can be seen as a checkpoint or a check-in to gauge how well we're in touch with ourselves, how clearly we're seeing, how best we're understanding that, of course, we're sinners, regularly making mistakes and out of touch with who we really are and how we're really thinking, acting, behaving, and seeing the world and seeing ourselves in the world. It's so much better to get an accurate view of ourselves, and sometimes that takes a humiliation or a screw-up. It takes a sin being exposed. So if you have a wise and loving friend who you trust that can come up to you and say, in love, I love you and I see this in your life, that is a, the wounds of a friend that are faithful and helpful. But even better if you can invite that into your life by asking a close friend or someone you trust or a professional about how you might not see sin in your life, how you might be able to be more in touch with your humility and your humanity. No one really desires unwanted, unasked for advice and correction. But if we can be people who invite correction and advice into our lives in certain ways, all the better for us. If we have that person in our life that loves correcting us and advising us, of course we're going to we're going to want to push back on that. We're going to want them to keep their boundaries. People might overstep their boundaries if they feel self-righteous or bossy. And in those cases, we might want to put up boundaries. We might want to tell them that we'll ask them for their advice when we're ready. And at the same time, we can take what they say and examine it and see if it's true without feeling personally attacked and threatened by that. And in the end, let us remember that godliness is a grace. I appreciated what Stuart MacDonald said about this. Godliness is a grace that happens in close relationship. It isn't something that we earn. It's something that is given to us after we have developed a close relationship with God. We become like God, but not because we've done all these great things and we've earned our badge, but the Holy Spirit works in us, through us, and slowly we become more as God would want us to be, more Christ-like. And if you want to become more like the God you worship, more loving, more merciful, more compassionate, more like Jesus, then each day Ask God to make you more that way. Ask God to use you and show you the way. And I hope that you will have songs of deliverance to sing among your community. And start your songs of deliverance now. 
and continue them so that your soul might be restored. If you have any questions or you'd like to send some email to me, I'd be happy to receive your email and respond. I don't have all the answers, but I'm happy to journey with you. You can send those to contact at sparkmymuse.com. I also invite you to go to patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse. Patreon is like patron with an E, patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse. And check out all of the free resources I have available in the posts, post section of the website. I am going to be offering more resources there. I have a book called The Verve of Silence, which talks about developing a contemplative prayer life and stillness that also restores your soul. And I hope you'll gain a lot from the work I'm doing. You can start to sponsor me at a dollar a month. That will make it easier for me to offer things to you and to the general public. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week on Wednesday for a new episode.